nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15 year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, we need some some Zoe in this uh, studio today. No pressure, Zoe. No. It's been a rough week with the Suns, and it's been a rough season with the Cardinals. No, I hear it. I'm just glad that you're back, Luke. You know, I missed you last week. Last Friday, you weren't here. Didn't get a chance to see. I could actually see you in your eyes, because the, the guy that sat there last week could, could barely could see maybe the top of his head uh, sitting over there and, and Paul Calvise. And he may be the only guy that is happiest what happened to the Suns the last couple of games, because uh, no. he is all for Luke and all for Jalen, you know what I mean? He's all in. So if any of you uh, Phoenicians out there catch him, you know, give him a little crap about how, how happy he is right, right now walking around the valley. I did. I, I Wolf informed me on Monday that you guys had the debate of if you're the Suns, would you rather have Booker or Luca? And Paulie took Luca. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Paulie? That's, that's a rough. And he took Jalen, too. He no hesitation. Me and Wolf was like, ah, that's a, that's a good one. But he just yeah. like, Jalen. You know, he just had no no respect for the guy in the, in the valley oh. that's playing for for the team here. Well, while you guys are both here, I got to tell you, Paul Calvisi did send me an email of a tweet from Vic Lombardi that said the head throw is taught in Phoenix schools, and it was a quote tweet of someone saying Booker really is one of the worst floppers in the league, and he emailed it to me and said, "Might want to pass this along to Open <laughs> Zoe from Paulie Hit and Run." Oh my, yeah, right, exactly, Paulie Hit and Run, yeah. You know what? Honestly, right now, let's not get back into that. Let's not let Paulie this, dictate this what we're Devin going to Booker talk about. This is friendly zone right here. Even even this week when it would be easy to, to wonder what's going on. Um, all right, so the, the game against the uh, the Patriots coming up, Monday night football, big stage. Obviously, the Patriots need this game. What are they? I think they're one game out of a playoff spot chasing the Jets. So it's crazy. Yeah. So you're going to get the Patriots best. What? Just your initial thought when you see this matchup. Does anything jump out to you? The Patriots running game. I mean, Stevenson, how physical he is. I mean, watching that game last week versus uh, the Bills, when they gave him the ball, it was like, watch out, right? You know, it was like a third and 18. He gets almost, almost gets to get 17. You know, in the passing game, catching the ball, turning around, and backers coming at him. You can tell they're still going in there, the tackling, but it's not the same type of (laughs) confidence when I'm going in. It's like, oh, I got to tackle this guy versus I get to tackle this guy. So that's the first thing I look at it, you know, from a defensive perspective as as a Cardinals uh, player is how do how do we minimize him in the game? Because if he can control the game, it's going to be a long day out there for us. Because Mac Jones in the passing offense right now has been kind of lackluster. Obviously, the the coordinator who's calling the game obviously isn't an offensive guy in Patricia, and so the only thing I think they have that's you know borderline that could be elite is when Stevenson is his physicality going downhill and controlling the game with with his legs. Yeah, I can, you know, honestly, right now, Bill Belichick, it's the one thing he's going to do. He's going to look at that tape. And I actually was talking about the San Francisco 49ers game in particular. And look at that second half. And um, that's the one thing Bill is really, really good at is exploiting what you're not good at. And I think he's going to, He's. I think Stevenson gets the ball 25 times. Yeah. I mean, in, in a running, provided, of course, that they're Kyler not doesn't down, put up. Right. Exactly. I, I think he's going to hand the ball off to Stevenson at least 25 times. 
It's like hey, you've said a version of this, so you can't hide from the tape, right? I mean, if you're as an individual player, but even as a team, if you have if if you have shown a weakness in a certain area, to Wolf's point, Bill Belichick's going to do everything he can to exploit it, and yep. so you should probably know what's coming. Ten out of ten know. times, he's yeah. going he's going to exploit it and then take it away from you, you know, defensively and make you play left-handed. I mean, that's just how he does, and he's willing to lose a game like that because most people aren't going to adapt and change enough to be able to counteract him, and that's why he's been good for so long in this league, and Bill Belichick as far as being, a you know, obviously a great head coach and defensive mind. And it also makes me think of the fact that it's part of his philosophy as well to have a very, very balanced team from a player perspective and a skill set, of course, to a scheme as well. Yeah. He loves to have a very balanced, because he is going to be whatever he needs to be right. to beat you. So to your point, yeah, to add to that, like flexibility, right? Yes. You, oh, he always yes. has a guy, just like the DB 25, was it, is it Jones? I can't think of his last yes, name right Jones. now. Jones. Everybody on the Patriots name Right, Jones, right. So he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a returner. <laughs> he plays DB. Then he'll come in on offense, right? That is like the, 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 he embodies what Bill Belichick wants to be. Very fluid, very flexible, and has multiple ways of beating you. And yes. even when I played, you know, when they had time, obviously, they would run the ball. Thirty. I mean, I, and I've been on the, other, the receiving end of this. They'll run the ball fifty times a game, having Tom Brady. If that meant that w- that was going to equal a win, right? Or a hundred times, or throw the ball a hundred times, or be balanced. Whatever it took to win, yep. that's what they were doing. There was no egos ever involved in the process. And if you had an ego with how the process was going, you weren't there too long. <laughs> Even if he was a great athlete, you weren't there too long. And that's just how he has run his ship, and that's why it's been, you know, consistency because that's his culture. That's how he operates, and that's what they've been able to do for a long period of time. Well, I'm trying to find, what was the game last year against Buffalo, right? Where the oh, yeah. Patriots ran it 46 times. Oh, against the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, and that was cold, but that was Monday Night Football and a game the Patriots had to have, and it's exactly what you're saying. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this is how we can win. Who, who cares if it if it looks cool? Like, let's right. just actually win the game. Exactly. And not only that as well, I, I think he is coming to the conclusion that Mac Jones needs to be in a balanced offense. He oh. needs to be in a balanced offense, and because of that, I think it's going to help Mac Jones if, in fact, they line up and right from the get-go start running the ball and run it and run it well, where they can use play action for Mac Jones. Yeah, they've got a Mac Jones, a Jack Jones, and a Mark Jones. So they really just, just assume right. anybody on the Patriots, and they're all right. they've all been dangerous this year. Uh, all week this week, listen for the Pantera call out. Once you hear Wolf do the call out, call 602-260-9870. You'll have a chance to win tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium on September 1st. When we come back, there is a Thursday night game tonight. Should we expect to see Baker Mayfield playing in it for the Rams? We'll get Lorenzo Alexander's thoughts. He'll stick around for more with the lowdown next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. All right, week 14 kicks off tonight. Rams and Raiders. 
the Raiders have won three in a row. They're actually five and seven, not totally done in the AFC yet. Probably not going to make the playoffs, but not totally done yet. It, you guys realize there's six teams on bye in week 14? No. Isn't that absurd, isn't it? Oh, is no. it? No. I thought a little that different. Was, wow. I, I did not realize that. This, must be, this must be the last week. It, it has to be, but it's December 8th, and you've got the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders all on bye week. Commanders. The commanders. Man, I cannot believe that, dude. That that's, blows my mind. That's, that feels late. Okay, so Rams Raiders tonight. The Rams go out and they claim Baker Mayfield. Here's Sean McVay after they did that. Hey, Sean, quick uh, conspiracy theory question. Um, you didn't. You signed. It sounds like you signed Baker just to help you guys out. But of course, some people are thinking that you you also signed him to keep him away from the 49ers. Could you just clarify? That's not true. Uh, and, uh, those guys are balling. They're doing their thing. Um, you know, if it was maybe a different circumstance for where our team was at, then maybe that would be something. But it is exclusively a result of just where we're at um, and how important it was. We were going to need to add somebody to that quarterback room regardless, and, and he happened to come available, and, and that's a good thing. And somebody needs to hit mute. <laughs> That's fantastic. First of all, the guy that asked the question sounded like Sean McVay, too. Um, so, so Baker Mayfield, I mean, talking about number one pick just the year before Kyler right. Murray. According to Field Yates, the only team that put in a claim for him was the Rams. Wolf and I were talking about this yesterday. I mean... I'm assuming Sean McVay looks and says, this guy was just number one overall pick. We yeah. don't know how long Matthew Stafford's here. Maybe we can fix this guy. Yeah, I don't know if he thinks he can fix him. I mean, but he, he definitely wants to take a look at him and have an opportunity to have him in, in-house. And if you don't, you know, right, you give Baker the opportunity, if you don't put in for him, to go wherever he wants to. And yeah. why would he want to come to a team that's not doing well? And maybe he doesn't even see a future with Matt still there that he can play moving forward. Because I don't even know if he's taking the... You know, people talking about he needs to start taking that mindset as that I'm a backup. If he still thinks he wants to be a starter, he definitely is not going to maybe pick that that scenario, especially if you don't have a Super Bowl opportunity versus maybe going to the Niners, even though he may not be the starter going forward. Well, maybe have a chance of winning the Super Bowl with this team, which which means a lot to a lot of guys. Yeah. What do you think is wrong with Baker? What do you think is going on with Baker Mayfield? It's probably a multitude of things. I mean, when you have gone through the adversity that he has gone through, um, you're dealing with a lot of confidence, second-guessing yourself, and in this league, if you ever, and really in life, if you ever get to the point where you're second-guessing yourself, you're never going to be who you have shown in the past. And I think that's what is more so than anything. It's just a lack of confidence and not being able to have success to put in put himself back in that same mind frame where everything I think I'm about to do is the right decision. And you know, in football, it happens in sports, it happens so quick. You you take an extra, you know, millisecond to think about, is this, should I be throwing this? It's late, it's an interception, you know, you become inaccurate, right? Um, and you're just not as productive as, as your talent may say otherwise. Here's uh, here's McVeigh as far as the possibility. I mean, they just picked up Baker, what, Tuesday? They officially claimed him, and they play tonight. They don't play on Sunday, so he was asked if, if there's possibility uh, Baker may actually play in this game. I would lean towards that he'll be active. Now, whether or not that means that he would play or he would be available in an emergency setting is something that we're going to continue to work through. I would think, though, <laughs> just kind of working through it myself here. So even if he doesn't play tonight, I mean, you brought him in to play, right? right. So a yeah, week yeah. from now, I would, I would think, why not see what he can do? Your season's over anyway. 
Yeah, a week from now, definitely. Yeah. He needs to be playing. And if he doesn't play, <laughs> then you can start adding more credence to them taking him so the Niners couldn't get to him. Yeah. Then that makes more sense. But, you know, obviously being there a week, where they're at, you know, you don't have to be uber complicated. Baker's been in the league long enough to where him to pick, be able to pick up some things and, and be able to go out there and be, uh, you know, and be able to at least manage the game, right? And, and really get be able to get a, a good sense of who he is as a quarterback. And can you work with him? Is, is this someone that you can go in the future or, or not? You know what's amazing about it, Zoe? I, I do believe we're going to see Baker Mayfield tonight. <laughs> do you? I know it's crazy. I know it seems crazy. But to your point, what you just said, um, ask yourself this. Did the Rams actually run an offense that Baker Mayfield would be accustomed to? would be used to? Yes. They did, as a matter of fact. It was with Jared Goff. Put Baker Mayfield under right. center, run the tackle zone, yep. and the five plays that come off it, the boots, the waggles, right. the play action. Baker Mayfield, that's what he's been in. He's been in that in Cleveland, of course. They actually started him in that with Carolina, then got away from it. But for me, yeah, I could see Baker Mayfield actually getting a shot and saying, hey, you know, and this is what we're going to do. We got a package for Baker Mayfield. We're going to play him tonight. What do the Rams got to lose? It's nothing. That's it. Then what do they have to lose is nothing. And Sean McVay likes his number one overall pick quarterback. And it seems incredible. It seems impossible that you're going to bring a guy in. You're going to bring him in, a quarterback. But man, they got him that playbook immediately. It was the first right. thing they did. They actually got him the playbook before he got on the plane. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how different the term. That's the only thing that right? hey, you have to learn is. that quick, right, is the terminology and if there's, has he had any experience with anybody, and I don't know, that has come from Sean McVay or crossed over to where the terminology is easy right. to learn. Because that's the biggest thing. Yep. It's not the play. The play is the play. It's, can I call the play? Do I understand what the play is asking based on the different terminologies or the checks or you know all the, the, the things that make co- football more complicated what it is. Well, that's the other thing. If you're talking about confidence being an issue, do you want to throw him in there where he may go out and not be in the best position to succeed tonight and then he's just a mess the rest of the yeah, way? Yeah, well, it could be either way. Sometimes when there's not a lot of expectation and you don't have a lot of clutter in your mind, you just go out there and just wing the thing and throw it around. So, I mean, yeah. it, you could, it, could, it could be either side. I think more so than anything is going to be about um, the execution of the guys around him as well. You know, are they able to run the ball effectively? Do, or do they have an offensive line that's going to give him time to be able to throw the ball um, and and just allow him to go out there and play and not worried about, you know, getting his head taken off. So those things would allow him to play, I think, at a better level. He's just able to go out there play like almost like high school again. Like I know to play, but man, whatever, man, this is my first day. There's no expectations. <laughs> Ain't nothing on the line here and just and just wing it. And, and, and that can help a lot of guys kind of get back into that mojo. You know, and if I'm Sean McVay and his coaching staff as well, I, I want to see him in that offense because, you know what, the Rams are going to run that. That's that's what they do. I think they're going to they're going to run the tackle zone like they did with Jared Goff to some degree. With Matthew Stafford being out, I also think um, you've got Baker Mayfield who is comfortable in the shotgun. So I think honestly, um, they want to get him out there. They want to see what he's got. I don't think they're worried about his confidence as much as they want to see what he's got, and then be able to coach him from that point. Give me your baseline, and then we'll build on that. 
The other side of this too, though, that we haven't got to talk to you about yet because it didn't happen until Sunday. 49ers look like a Super Bowl contender, but now they don't have a quarterback. With all due respect to Brock Purdy, you're talking about a rookie that was your third stringer that, I've said this to Wolf, he may go on to have an outstanding career, but it's tough right. to ask that guy in that position to step in and win you a Super Bowl over the next eight, nine weeks. Have you heard, though, what's going on with the 49ers and how much they love Brock Purdy? Is it like Belichick saying when they were going to rally around Tom Brady when I he mean, was a rookie? I mean, Trent Williams was talking about it. George Kittle was talking. Everybody was talking about Brock Purdy. It was kind of crazy. Well, they were saying he's acting like he's Peyton Manning. Like the guts he has to call a timeout when Kyle Shanahan didn't call a timeout. That sounds like a team rallying around those quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, so what do you think of? I, I mean, I would say the same thing. And obviously, I don't know him and I haven't been in practice. And, and has this young guy shown something that we don't, we're unaware of? And they, they like him, right? And he's an easy guy, kind of like a, a Heineke type, right? Easy to rally around, relates well with everybody. Hey, man, we like this guy. We've seen him make some passes when he was giving a scout. Like, ooh, now let's see if he can do the same thing, obviously, in, 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 in live game when people have an opportunity opportunity to, to, to prepare for him. And so, yeah, I, I have been in some similar situations where you see a guy, hopefully it works out better than what I experienced. You know, once it became live and teams had an opportunity to kind of game plan for who oh, you yeah. are. Because oh, yeah. it looks a lot different than, again, coming into a game, n- no expectations. They don't know what you like to do. They don't know the type of calls Kyle Shanahan's going to call with this quarterback and your tendencies. And so it's just easier to obviously have a little bit more confidence in those situations and you don't really have time to think about it versus a whole week kind of leading up to it and the opponent and the information and all that stuff that goes into it and then you don't necessarily come out and perform the way guys may have seen you do in practice because it's different. It's funny because I was telling Luke this very thing right there with each snap that Brock Purdy gets. It gets harder. It gets harder. He gets one one snap closer to defensive coordinators figuring him out. And again, I'm rooting for Brock Purdy. Local product. you got to be kidding. Mr. Irrelevant. A guy drafted last Overall, um, you better believe it. I'm rooting for him, man, the underdog. But that's there's a difference between, hey, can this guy make it in this league and can this guy win a Super Bowl in two months? You know what I mean? Can you step right in and win a Super Bowl? Here's the, the quote Maloney just sent over. Trent Williams talking about Brock Purdy. Quote, you would think he's been in the league 15 years. If you're talking, he'll say, shut bleep up. You ain't no timid rookie feeling his way around. He'll get on your bleep. You would think he's like Peyton Manning or something. But even okay. Peyton Manning, his first year, 28 interceptions his first year. I mean, yeah, he had the same type of team yeah, either. This is a that different is. team that they don't necessarily have to rely on him being Peyton. He yeah. just needs to get out there and not turn the ball over, hand it off, throw some quick screens, maybe take a shot that's low risk as far as getting intercepted, and just kind of fit in. He doesn't have to stand out. That's, that's, he just really has to be Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Texas, it sounds a lot more manageable when you uh. just have to be Jimmy G. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what does Lorenzo Alexander think about Kyler Murray and his teammates response to Patrick Peterson's comments. The lowdown continues next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Even though 
those guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, Zoe's here for the lowdown, so you know it's Thursday. We're also giving away Metallica Pantera tickets, but that's not right now. Later on, at some point in the show, I can't tell you when. Yeah. Ruin the surprise. Right. Listen to Wolf when he does the call out. Call in then. Uh, Zoe is here, and Zoe, I know you got to talk about the Patrick Peterson stuff a little bit last week. Now, what's different this week is we've heard a lot of teammates actually come to Kyler's defense. We also heard Kyler Murray speak about it yesterday. No, 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 no. Um, no, I mean, it's well, I was honestly I was super shocked, you know, when I seen it because I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have Twitter on my phone. You know, Keith, Keith actually sent it to me. <laughs> uh, asked, you know, he asked me what I did to him. I said I don't know. <laughs> so I mean, that, that was kind of the gist around. I was confused. Um, we saw Kyler respond on Twitter last week, uh, but other than I mean, he said right there, if Hollywood Brown doesn't show it to him, he doesn't right. know about it. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's going to find out about it at some point. But I, I guess let's start there. How do you feel about how Kyler Murray has handled it's kind of an odd situation? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. The most sh- the most shocking thing is that he doesn't have Twitter on his phone. That's uh, what I'm <laughs> <laughs> he, he sends tweets out. Does he go to like a yeah, stationary computer? computer or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it is. I mean, it's over. I, to, at this point, I mean, Pat P said what he said. Should he have said it? No, um, especially in in a public uh, context, the way he did, he should have went straight to him. I don't know the history of their relationship. If he didn't feel like he could talk to him about that, he shouldn't have said nothing at all. Simple as that. And uh, of course, Kyler should stand up and, and let him know. Hey, man, I wish you would have handled it like this, but it is what it is. And at this point, why why would Kyler respond? To him, I, I I don't see him doing that after kind of the the controversy of of Pat P's comments and how that's just adding on to whatever what everything else he's dealing with. Um, should he? I, you know, that's something different. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if he should. I don't know how much they communicate or see each other, but you always want to have kind of clear the air. It's going to be an uncomfortable uncomfortable conversation. But typically, guys, you see one another at some point in crossing paths, and you always want to just make sure things are just kosher as possible, even though it may not be no real beef. You just want to make sure we have an understanding of how we're moving forward. Yeah, it's funny because Wolf and I were talking about this before, and I was thinking, like, okay, it's Patrick Peterson has this podcast every week, right? So I'm yeah. sure he talks himself into a corner maybe sometimes. But you know, Wolf, now that I think about it, Zoe's on this show for an hour every week, and he's not trashing his former teammates. So no, I, no I'm actually, actually I actually stand up for guys like Pat P, right? I'm trying to, no, well, it's not that bad, you know, uh, you know, or whatever guys, you, you still feel like you're part of the locker room, yeah. regardless if you're done or not. And it's Thank really, you. it's really hard to go in on a guy. You know, in a disrespectful way, you know, so I, I, you know, I'm always aware of what I'm saying and trying to say it in the most respectful way, especially if I'm, you know, criticizing him. I, I want to make sure it's, it's, it's received well. Like I'm not airing no dirt, dirty laundry or, you know, I'm going to a certain line and kind of stopping. But it's, it's hard, it's hard to walk because you, you're in there with these guys, get to know them and their families and you never want to 
disrespect to put anybody in a bad light. Yeah, we we had the clip uh, I think yesterday of, of Kyler saying like they somebody asked if he called him and he's like, no, I, I, he may have texted me, but you know what's the point now? <laughs> like right. he just said all this stuff publicly. Yeah. Uh, here's a couple. Of, this is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he was asked about it and he was asked if he feels like his quarterback is misunderstood. I'm not. I'm not one to give a PSA about Kyler. I think he played hard. Uh, obviously, it's, it's eleven people out there on the field, not just him. And I think uh, ten other people got to do their job. Uh, for him to be successful. So uh, one thing I know about Kyler is he loves his game. Feels like we've heard a lot of Kyler Murray's teammates over the last week or so, and it's been brought up really for the last nine months. Uh, his right. leadership is just what kind of teammate he is, is has been called into question. But I would say specifically since this incident, we've heard a lot more teammates step up and say, you know, like Kelvin Beecham the other day, no, he's not perfect, but look, the guy's working on stuff, and, and he's right. he is a little now, misunderstood. Kelvin is a vet, right? Yeah. So he, yeah. he walked up the closer you can get to that line as a player, right, and give you things, but not without disrespecting Kyler in the process, right? Um, and so I really, you know, appreciated his take. But most guys, if you're in that locker, you're not going to even address it, or you're not going to say anything. Even if you may agree with Pat P. said, you're not. It's not. It's, it's not. Especially in this climate, it's not even worth even kind of touching it because most yeah. guys aren't as um, intentional or careful or articulate with their words as Kelvin Beecham. So you just kind of just. I'm just going to stay away from it completely. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's evident. Everything that D Hop said, I, I I would agree with. I think he loves playing the game. I think he's passionate about the game. I think he plays hard when he's out there. Um, but that's not what was that's not what was at the question at hand, right? That's not what the concern is, because I think, you know, two things can be true at the same time. Um, and so at this point, it's really just about Kyler reflecting on wherever he's at, you know, being honest about it and trying to move forward. The same thing that we all have to do. Wherever we're at, be honest about it, be humble about it, and now try to make a, a, a correction. Is it going to be easy? That is so true. No, it's, it's hard. And you have to be intentional about it every single day because you're going to naturally just fall back into your habits. And so you have to just do different practical things, whether it's putting stickies on the mirror, you know, writing stuff down, getting a life coach, whatever that may look like for you to grow and change so that that isn't the narrative, right? Because it's, it's, it's one thing if it's just the media saying it. I know Pat P is technically the media, but there's other guys that feel very similar that may not be vocal publicly about it. So there's where there's smoke, there's some fire. And so you have to take that with some, I think, a little bit of credibility because these guys know you from yeah. a, a, a little bit at least because they've been in the locker room, play with you, and, and know who you are. And how can you grow and change uh, intentionally kind of moving forward? And you don't have to be who they want you to be, but at least improve. It's all about improvement and growing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know what, honestly, right now, I am really hoping that that is the one thing about all of this, all that has transpired from the off-season that uh, we had before this season started to this season, everything that has happened, of course, to Kyler Murray, to me, once again, I hope that he's going to see it as a growing process. Right. right? It's something that he can actually take and get better from if he'll just apply himself and you have to tell the truth you you do you have to tell the truth about yourself where you are as a player as a matter of fact the the one thing i would love to see more than anything else specifically from kyler murray over the next five games is a willingness to relearn the game all over again not think he knows it all but be willing 
to learn the game, the NFL game, all over again. Sounds like what Steve Young said going into the last Monday Night Football game. That was it's a it's a pretty close version of what Steve Young said. All right, we come back. What is the transfer transfer portal doing to college football? Lorenzo Alexander is going to weigh in next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Lorenzo Alexander is uh, is here. It is the lowdown, and we are going to. I don't know where this conversation is going to go right here, Wolf. I don't know if I'm going to have to mediate between you two. I don't know if, if uh, we're going to see. What are we talking about? We're going to talk a little transfer. Oh. <laughs> and I, I know you have strong feel. I mean, to be honest, I do too. But I, I, I'm wondering if Zoe may have a different uh, take on this. I don't know. I don't know what Zoe's take is. So let's just go big picture here. Zoe, it's obviously come back up in the in conversation lately. There was right. a tweet. Dennis Dodd said about 16,000 players. In in, in, uh, in Division One or FBS college football, and a thousand of them right now are in the transfer portal, which is a lot. That's, right? Yeah, that's a big chunk. Yeah. Where, where do you come out on on all the way the way college football is set up right now? I I mean I think it it, it obviously matters. Each situation is different. I mean I think if you look at it. Overall, I don't know if I liked it initially, but I'm going to take a different approach and look at it from a accountability standpoint and a, a life lesson standpoint. Um, and I think when you learn in regard to life lesson, when you, reg- when, when you learn who you are and kind of where you stand in the context of uh, things around you earlier in life versus later in life, um, I think that is a, a, a positive for that individual athlete to understand, right? Because you got kids that are, are young men, however you want to categorize it. I have a 27-year-old, so they're kind of kids to me, um, yeah. that are entering into the portal because of maybe a lack of playing time, but why is that? Are you not working hard? Are you doing everything you need to do, right? Um, maybe you're just not good enough, right? Um, um, or maybe it's an issue with a coach. But I think going into the portal, and then sometimes some of these kids, nobody's picking up. So, dang. Or you do transfer, and you realize, man, I'm seeing the same issues as I was seeing at the last school. Now, the positive comes in is if they're able to realize that, or somebody around them has helped them see that. That maybe the 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 school isn't the issue, but maybe something you're doing within your process to be where you want to be is an issue. And I think learning that at you know eighteen, nineteen is much better than learning it at twenty five, twenty six, or even into your thirties. Um, from a accountability standpoint um i think this now gives because outside of i can't even think of how kids can hold the university accountable to what they say they're going to do right and so now to me especially because all universities aren't created equal right colorado's the, the asus u of a's of the world cannot compete with um, the Alabamas of the world, right? The Texas A&M of the world when we think about NIL and transfer portals. So now you have to create, to, to Dillingham's point yesterday, for you to have guys that want to show up and say, oh, I want to be a Sun Devil, I love it. The, you have to first have great people in there that he mentioned yesterday, and you have to have a great culture. 
And if you are able to establish those things and consistently with guys, then guys are going to less likely move to a different team, even if they're throwing more money. We just seen that with um, my man Aaron Judge, right? 360 or somebody talking about 400, and he yeah. stays. Why? He likes that place. Probably the coaches are awesome. He loves the culture there. You see it all the time in just, just pro sports anyway. Guys will stay and take a little bit of a discount because they like their environment. And so that same thing, this now holds coaches accountable for culture that you say you're going to have what you tell me as a person you have to be more honest and transparent and when you create those type of relationships it's not a monetary right uh, value or benefit but it, it, it does have value to it as far as a guy saying um, I know this team is offering me maybe a few more dollars but I really like it here I like these people I like the culture I like what I've been able to establish here so I'm going to stay even though I may be out I don't know because everybody's not getting these million dollar deals no. so let's say even though I'm out a thousand dollars the benefit of being in this one institution these relationships and things that i'm going to learn here is more beneficial than me getting another thousand dollars that's only going to help me until i go spend it over the next two or three weeks yeah. right so I, that's the way i'm look, trying to look at it now i don't necessarily think i like it overall i think kids you know if you sign something it, i mean it's a contract i will be having kids hey you need to you need to forfeit your right to go into the portal. I think there's a lot of different things out there that I would be thinking about doing um, in that way. And if, if a school asks me to do that, then my scholarship needs to be guaranteed for the two or three or four years that I'm here because scholarships are, right now are currently just one-year contracts, unless that's changed and I'm unaware of. Yeah, yeah, you know, for me, once again, um, you offer a kid a scholarship that ought to be forever, <laughs> right? I mean, that ought to be for a full scholarship for four years, maybe right. even five years. There, there's, there's, there's no argument there, none. For me, you know, we teach our kids to cut and run when things get tough, yeah. and that bothers me. It does, and that's what the transfer portal and the NIL is is doing right now. It has created free agency. When things get tough, they cut and run, and yet it works both ways. We also teach our kids that loyalty doesn't matter. Your your word really doesn't matter. It's it's all about money. And you think of Dorian Singer, the wide receiver uh, for the U of A, that used the U of A for a year to lead the Pac-12 with a hundred eleven hundred receiving yards, sixty six receptions, six touchdowns. Now all of a sudden, he's entering the transfer portal for what? Like free agency. Right, right, right. Literally. Um, at the college level, that to me is just, I, I, I can't tolerate it. I think it's awful. I think right. it's awful for college football. I think it's awful for a young guy. And one of the reasons being is because um, that payday may be coming for Dorian Singer at some point in time. And I realize that he's trying to take advantage of a situation that he's in right now. But there's zero governance on these NIL deals that are out there that, right you just now. Hit the There's issue right zero there. governance, and because of that, we don't know how many lives may be destroyed because an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid has money that, um, you know, um, I don't know if it's the best thing for him, well, honestly. You, you also don't know, because, I mean, like, Zoe, what you're saying, there, there's a huge number, and I've seen different numbers, so I don't want to throw out a percentage, but it's a lot right. bigger than you think of, like, yeah. players that go into the portal, and they just don't get to play anywhere. Right. But, you know, to Wolf's point, there, 
I, I have to believe there are situations, and I don't want to just say Dorian Singer because I, I don't no, know his specific, but no. just a player that goes to a school that's like, okay, this is where he could get in. It's not a huge football program. He plays well, and then some other schools like, hey, just kind of get this news to him that if he come, comes in place for us, he'll make an additional $100,000 a year or whatever. I'm not yeah. saying Dorian Singer. I'm just saying that's happening around right, college football. Right, right. It's only going to get worse. That's That would be my concern. It's the combination of the two things. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm mad at that situation for a young man because nothing is guaranteed beyond him playing. And I, and I, and I get that you want to stay in your – and we're so used to what it used to be and how it feels when we were in college. But I don't know if I'm mad if he left because somebody can pay him more and that may – I don't know what his personal situation is. I don't know what community comes from. I don't know what his responsibilities are, right? Um, so those things all play. And that's why I say I would have to analyze it on a case-by-case basis and, and look at why are you leaving? What are issues are you dealing with before I just say, ah, no, I don't like it because you get to leave because somebody's going to pay you now. Because it's, it, it's part of it. It's yeah. part of the system. And so we, there, we're going to have – but those cases I think are going to be more outliers where you have a kid to shows up at a program, balls out, and then somebody else takes them, right? This, it's going to happen, but the majority of the kids aren't going to be in that singer group as far as I can leverage this to get something bigger. They're just, they're just not. There's not enough balls to go around every year. It's just not going to happen. And so um, I, I think I'm not worried about that. that though. I think you will see a kid who gets more playing time and suddenly the Alabamas of the world look at him and go, my goodness, uh, boy, you're kind of good right there. What do you say? You come over and you play for us. So who? But I they got to replace a kid, though. Right. I mean? So I mean, they have they do have players that are on their roster currently. So those players would have to be better than the kid that they already recruited. And most the kids that may it, there's there's not a ton of I guess like uh, I don't know like Richard Sherman's of the world that are like these two or three star athletes and then become Hall of Famers. Right. That doesn't happen every single day. So the guys that are on Alabama's roster right now, there's not too many kids. It's going to be some that become bloomers and like man where did he come out of but that that case where I can see another kid at let's say uh, a guard at Arizona State a man you playing really well you got a lot of playing time I don't see Alabama coming in and say I think you're better than what I have as my backup right especially when we look at the roster they put up the other day they had what Hurts they had uh, Matt Jones they had Tua then they had Jerry Judy they had uh, I mean like four or five guys that are like superstars in the league and they all weren't starting at the same time this is like backups 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're almost so, an NFL so, team, it feels like. So yeah. I think because they're just in a different space, the kid that you get from ASU at currently, or U of A currently, not that it can't change if with winning, isn't the same kid that's going to Alabama and Georgia no. and some of these big kids. And so you're going to have the one-offs. I, you can't you stop are, the one-offs. You are. I mean, you, you, you've, you've got like Ladarius Henderson right now. Yeah, going to Michigan. Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> okay, he's going to Michigan. To play for the Wolverines from ASU, once again. Um, the transfer portal. Do you think there's a possibility that somebody actually got some word to Ladarius Henderson? Oh, that, that, I you think know what? Comes, uh, the Michigan Wolverines would be interested in your services. Back, I, I just think it's... Of course they know. I, I, I'm just saying, I think it's horrible for college I think football. The, the yeah, I, don't, I don't necessarily like it, but you have to. it's here. So we got to figure out how we operate it with, within it. The question yeah. I think you would have to say is, should it be here? Well, it would help if... if I don't know how many of us, I don't trust the NCAA to, to regulate it. Like Zoe said, it's, it's case-by-case basis. Some guys 
need to transfer. Some guys are in that You're position. always going to have some guys that need to do that. You always are. But we teach but right our now kids we have cut a, and run when it gets tough. Right now we have, like, what, 10% of college football, 8% of college football just switching teams. Don't stand and fight. So, great stuff as always. Man. I Thanks for stopping you. by.